absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my co-host, Scott, sweating it out in steamy New York. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, you know, it's, you know, you got to take care of the course. You got to do your yard maintenance and have somewhere nice to go out and chip balls in the yard and, you know, try not to smack your head against something. Yeah. So you were, you were playing the role of, you know, groundskeeper, superintendent, head chief, head chief of, uh, you know, uh, leave the pin New York golf course. And we had a little, um, on course mishap. Yeah. So my, my deck is maybe, let's call it five and a half feet uh, off the ground. And I tried to duck under it to pull a weed and I did not duck enough. And I managed to scratch a, a like two inch, we'll call it scratch in the top of my head. I so. feel, I feel like you're, you're downplaying that. I feel like you're being DJ when it comes to a back injury. You know what I mean? <laughs> So <laughs> I wish that there was a jet ski or some steps involved, but I really am just that much not paying attention. Maybe so. you should have had Robert Garrigus help you with the weed. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah, because then I could just burn it all away. <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. Hey, uh, we just got done with the 3M Open in Blaine, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, gorgeous weather there this week, soft course, nothing spectacular. Michael Thompson wins for the second time in his career. Uh, Boring course, boring week. I feel like this week and next week, Scott, are two weeks that could have been completely eliminated off the schedule, and I would not have missed them at all. Michael Thompson gives a rousing post Put interview post win interview um you know just talking about adopting his his child during this whole kind of quarantine and stuff and and honestly one of the good guys on tour and very happy for him winning but this week did absolutely nothing for me look baseball started up i was concentrating on that we just got a new puppy i'm concentrating on her i watched about three and a half minutes maybe on Sunday, I saw his final putt. He had two putts for the win. He nailed it. Um, and you know what I hate? Uh, let me tell you two things. First, this is what I love. I love when guys have like two or three putts for the win and they drain it to win. Like that yes. makes me very happy. Me as well. It's not like they're trying to cozy it up there. You know what I mean? Like grab grab the moment by the you know by the horn, seize it, and drain it. And I love that. Um, conversely, what I hate is Richie Warinsky still had to putt out after Michael Thompson won. So now we're in a different scenario with no fans on the course, but imagine winning and like people wanting to go nuts and then a guy still having to putt for like a birdie to finish, you know, three behind you. Yeah, it's like that whole the Justin Leonard at the Ryder Cup thing where yes. he like drains that putt and then there's, you know, animosity between, you know, the U.S. and the Euros for years after. Right, who is that? Constantino Roca that still needed to putt? I believe, or Miguel so. and Hel Jimenez, one of those. It's one of those two. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, I understand the rules of golf. I understand that some of them are archaic, but, you know, come on. You, you've you got a three-footer for birdie. You're really not in the guy's line. Like, finish up, 
let the man have the spotlight to himself, regardless if we have fans or not. That's just my thought on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and let him have the moment. Yeah, and it was it was so funny because this is the first week I really, I guess, watched the final putt drop and a little bit after. And he was there on the side. Like, he wanted to high-five and hug his caddy. He really didn't know what to do because, you know, he knows he's on film. He knows he's on video. And so he gave his caddy a little hug, and then he's just kind of standing there. And he got some boom mic sound guy with uh, with a microphone taped to, you know, literally what amounts to a broom handle. And then Amanda Balionis doing her little off-camera interview with him uh but he got choked up i mean it was it, it was a cool moment like that's that's why sports are so great you know and that's understandable because you have he hadn't been back to the winner's circle in i think it was six years so he gets there under normal circumstances either his wife and, and kid would have been there or they would have flown out because they knew he was in contention and he kind of loses out on that moment so yeah. there is that weird like awkward like who do i celebrate this with right now yeah, you know what's not weird and awkward though? Tomorrow when or Wednesday, sorry, when the PGA Tour cashes that check for him and it goes into his account. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm sure that once the initial like I wish, wish I had this, you know, someone to celebrate this with. I'm sure once that initial like wave of you know disappointment washes over him, he's gonna be real happy that he's got you know after taxes, let's say another. Six hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah, no, nah, for sure, for sure. Um, the, you know, the the one thing about the three M Open, the course does nothing for me whatsoever. I feel like it's during the time of year where you know you and I are so busy in the summer, either playing golf ourselves or with our kids or doing stuff around the house. That this is always one of those tournaments that flies under the radar, you know. And I know that three M only became the sponsor. I get that, but last year. They had such a a stunning ending with Bryson making the eagle and then Matt Wolf on top of him for his first win. Like that was insane. That could have put this tournament on the map. And then we come back this year with this just clunker and, you know, probably through no fault of their own society being what it is nowadays. But it just it, it did nothing for me. I mean, here's the leaderboard. Michael Thompson wins at 19 under. Right. Great round. He shoots 67 on Sunday. That's awesome. Adam Long, who's been playing real well the last two years, is two behind. And then the following group are three behind him and really never put up a charge at all. But Robbie Shelton, Charles Howe III, uh, Miliano Grillo, Alex Noren, Tony Finau, Max Homa, Cameron Tringali, Richie Wawrenski, and Charles Schwartz will all finish three behind him. There are some names in there, but you go past that, and this field sucked. Well, here's the thing. Chase Kepka was in the field. Okay, I was just going to mention him, dude. The, the dude finished top 30. Like, he finished 226, yeah. 11 under. He shot 63 on Sunday. So I, I just went down the list and just looking for a name that, that moves the needle for someone other than you and I. Um, and that was the only one because there are people who don't know that Brooks Kepka is named Brooks Kepka. <laughs> right. They would look and be like, oh, look, the, the U.S. Open guy is doing pretty good this week. I, I, there's nobody who made the cut who I feel like is a draw. Finau was up there, obviously. I mean, you got Masters uh, champ Charles Wurzel up there. Uh, you know, again, human, human cash machine. 
uh, you know, Chucky three sticks up there as well. But yeah, there's no, there's no draw for an outside fan. You're right. That's what I was going to say. I, I love Tony Finau. I, I'd follow Tony Finau around for a, a whole 18 holes. Uh, does he move the needle for the casual fan? No, I mean, the casual fan knows nobody in this group, except maybe Matt Wolf, you know, he threw a T12 there, another respectable finish, almost a top 10, but that's I, really it. I'd make, the, I'd make the argument that the most recognizable name that made the cut is Jason Duffner. Um, I mean, yeah. You know, it, golf is such a weird thing when it comes to the general public. Mm-hmm. You got to take, and it's very difficult for guys like you and I and, and the listeners of this podcast to put ourselves in that position because we're not, we're not one of the general public when it comes to golf. So you say like, oh, you know, Sepp Straka? Yeah, of course. Like who doesn't, who hasn't yep. heard of Sepp Straka before? But you say any of these names to someone that doesn't watch golf, and they have zero clue. I mean, literally the only people in golf that the general public knows, Tiger Woods, maybe Phil Mickelson, but they'll call, you know, they'll say, oh, is that Jack Nicholson? Is that Jack Mickelson? Is it, is it Phil Nicholas? You know, they always mess those up. Um, right. That's really it. Maybe sports fans know Kepka and Spieth and DJ and Rory, but that's it. I mean, there's there's under ten guys that if you if you did a man on the street type video interview and you went up to random people in a mall or a parking lot or wherever I don't care and you say hey can you name ten professional golfers that play on tour right now they they would they would name three to four of them max I guarantee I put money on it yeah you're probably right we should probably do a segment like that on the golf course because there are golfers golf is again one of those weird sports where more people play the game in the U.S. and around the world than actually watch it, you know, watch the pro tours. So I get, I get, we go to our courses, I guarantee we say to people, hey, name 10 guys currently playing on tour. There's going to be guys that we meet or women that we meet that won't even be able to name 10 of them right now. That, there's a good chance that you're, you're correct. I want to talk about this one thing, Scott, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means whatsoever. Okay, but this is something really weird this week. There were four guys that WD'd. Tyler McCumber finished his first nine holes, WD. DJ shoots a 78, WD. Chris Stroud WDs in the middle of the second round. Sung Young Null WDs in the middle of the second round. PJ Tour trying to cover something up, Scott. Are they giving these guys COVID notifications while they're on the course? Um, that would be interesting because if they show up next week, then no. Right. That's um, a high number. Four is an extremely high number, Scott. Right. Well, Chris Stroud, I mean, they said, wasn't feeling well. DJ says, my back. It's always DJ's back. DJ gets well, in a jet ski accident because of coke. It's his back. He falls down the stairs because of coke. It's his back. Everything's his back. You know, I mean, there's always that that go-to response. Yeah. But th- it's awkward, man. Four people this week. Well, the DJ thing, he shot 78. And then he's like, I'm, I don't want to hang out in Minnesota to miss the cut. I'm out of here. Um, so there's that that one's, I think, probably fairly straightforward. Yep. Wouldn't put it the past. rest. The rest of those, you, I mean, let's see what happens. If they're, if they're playing this week, then, you know, it's, it's legit. They just decided to pull out or whatever. Um, 
I mean, maybe Chris Stroud, you know, decided he wasn't feeling well, and maybe he decided, you know what, I'm going to just WD in case there's something wrong with me, and maybe I can protect the rest of the field. Who knows? I mean, that would be the admirable thing to do. I mean, you, you, anybody, obviously, I would hope in their right mind, if they found out that they were tested positive for it, they would remove themselves immediately from the premises. I mean, right. One well, can only well, hope they have the moral values to do that. Or uh, if they feel like they might be coming down with something, even if it's not. Cool. Sure, sure. Like, uh, like, look at Nick Watney. His whoop ban, you know, basically alerted him to the fact that he was running a, a high fever for a few days that he didn't even realize, and he tested positive for it. Um, the uh, if if I cared enough, honestly, I would write down these four names and I would follow them over the next two three weeks. But I don't. It's just something that kind of stuck out to me because usually get one, maybe two guys, you know, that withdraw. Right. But, um. And and if it is a high profile guy, usually we get something from them. Now I know DJ with the media is you know he's not the most personal guy. He's he's not Bubba. He's not Rory. But you would think at least we'd get something along the lines of, "Hey guys, look, before this week, my back was hurting a little bit. I figured I said I was gonna come. I was gonna play. I was gonna honor that. So I tried to make it through. You know what? I couldn't. It really started feeling bad on the, you know, whatever the 16th hole or something. And I grinded it out for the last few. And I'm just, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna take care of myself. If he disappears for two, three weeks, you know, then you got to kind of question. Right. You know, it it does it. It makes me question the validity of the tour statement that they're being completely clear and honest with everybody when they say this week that there were zero tests. I would love to believe that, but when you take numbers from other sports organizations, you know, the MLB just had eight tests. Um, you had such high-profile stars like Juan Soto, who's out now. But you see all these tests popping up in the NBA as well. Um, you you kind of say, like, how can there be none? You know, right. How can we have zero. I mean, you got to think there's at least one out there. But again, maybe there wasn't. I don't know. What's the advantage for them to hide it? Uh, well, I tell you what, let's play it twofold, right? Let's go. Let's play devil's advocate. On one hand, if they go out and show it and say we had two tests, they look like the good guys, right? They look like, well, hey, the PGA Tour is being, you know, really clear and honest with everyone. And that's cool. But then there's the other side of the coin where people say, yeah, you know what? I told you the PGA Tour shouldn't be back. I told you they had two this week, four last week, six that week. It's just going to keep going up. You know, and, and the PGA Tour is always so worried about the way that they're perceived. It's the reason why they don't tell you what violations occur on tour. They don't tell you how much they find people. They, they cover up things like DJ incident, uh, Garagas incident. Mm-hmm. You know, numerous stuff like that, because no matter what, they still perceive themselves as like this, you know, white collar elitist tour. And I feel like since they were the first ones back, they really want to look like the squeaky clean, you know, little guy with his hair slicked back to the side and and everything's okay, you know? Right. The other thing is as the the numbers around the country continue to you know i don't want to say skyrocket but as the numbers continue to go up they're increasing you gotta yeah, call it like it is you know do they do they now 
you know, whereas a few weeks ago it was kind of like, oh, we got a couple. Now if it's four, you know, is it is it now a thing where people are going to start to say, you know what, maybe they shouldn't be playing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I personally feel like there's really no advantage to them hiding it. So it's probably just the guys decide to pull out. But like you said, you never know. Right, right. The only the only reason that I could think that it might be advantageous to them hiding it is the fact that they want to get through to the playoffs, right? They want to crown mm-hmm. a FedEx Cup champion. I mean, they are so in, you know, the 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 F- FedEx is so in the pockets of the PGA Tour. They pump so much money into this tour. Let's be honest, they really almost keep the tour afloat or kept the tour afloat during this time. The fact that they cut down the number of events and FedEx still didn't cut any of their sponsorship money to the PGA Tour. So I think the PGA Tour is kind of beholden to them a little bit. Um, you know, next week we we go to Memphis. Ask anyone, Scott. I mean, who wants to be in Memphis in late July, early August? Uh, even Michael Thompson said that he had planned on going to Reno, and now that he's in the, you know, the FedEx St. Jude, the World Golf Championship, based on his his current standing on the FedEx Cups uh, leaderboard. He said, yeah, I guess I got to kind of get used to uh, the sweat that's going to happen next week. Right. And I don't think there's guys that really want, no one wants to be there, right? The, the, the environment sucks. The temperature sucks. It's going to be 98 degrees and 90% humidity every day. Like, oh, who wants to play golf in that? Yeah, nobody. Right. Nobody. It's a world golf championship. It's, it's not on any type of prestigious course, not that any of the World Golf Championships ever are, but we're playing another TPC course, TPC Southwind. It's your typical, you know, 7,300 yards, par 70, boring type course. Uh, Brooksy holds the record there. And the only reason it's big on the schedule is because FedEx sponsors it. That's it. Money talks. Right. It's a World Golf Championship in the United States. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we have so you- every. Yeah. So you Back. get the you get that like cachet of who's in it and it's not too far. Yeah, I mean this week's field is going to be phenomenal. Why? Because FedEx money. Simple as that. The points are higher, right? The money is more. You can suck it up and you can sweat for 6 days, 7 days out there uh for that much money. Um Victor Hovland's making his first start his first career WGC appearance. Henrik Stenson's coming back this week. He hasn't played golf at all since golf returned in June. Um, it's a good field, man. It's a real good field. Is this a, it's a no cut event too, right? Yeah, of course. These guys are going to make 70 grand for finishing dead last. Yeah. So you know what? Show up, play some golf, have a good time. What else are you going to do? Sit at home? Right. I'll tell you what's going to be interesting. This is an event that DJ would be in. It's free money. If DJ doesn't show up this week, then I think you might know that something's actually wrong. Right. The only thing would be if, because it's the PGA Championship is next week, right? Right. The only thing would be if he said, listen, my back hurts. I want to sit out. Um, You know, I want to get myself ready for the PGA championship. Sure. 
He's um, won. Tw- he's won twice at Southwind, DJ. Um, you know, so it's not like he doesn't know the course. It's not like he doesn't play well there. Right. I, that would be interesting to see what happens. Now, I guess, we'll, this, I guess we'll find out, you know. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Um, with everything that's going on, this actually, Scott, was the week that we were supposed to have the men's golf competition in the Olympics this week coming up. Oh, was that supposed to be this week? Yeah, crazy, huh? Uh, that was supposed to be... It, where were the Olympics this year? Was it in China? No, Japan. They're Japan. playing the Kasumi Gaseki Country Club. It's Saitama, Japan. So in, instead, you know what? Hey, what a fair trade-off. Instead, we'll be sweating in Memphis. Yeah, we'll go to Memphis. Right. Easy as that. Um, uh, yeah, you mentioned the PGA Championship. Obviously, TPC Harding Park in San Fran. No fans. Uh, Kepka defending champ. That's almost up to two mil for the winner. We'll talk about that next week as we do a preview for the PGA. Um, our first major of the year. How crazy is that? Well, to be, you know, towards the the middle of the summer and have that be the first, uh, the fact that it's the PGA Championship still, for me, feels like it should be the last one, um, which ironically for this year it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the first and only and last. I mean, um, it's, uh, it, you know, I, I'm in agreement. I'm a fan of the way that the majors used to be. I didn't mind the time off between the Masters. Uh, in the in the U.S. Open, um, unfortunately, the PGA Tour, with all their money and and power, decided that we need to have a championship every month. You know, something that was big every month. So yep. we have this new schedule now. But I, I I hate to sound like one of those old guys that's like, oh, back in the day it used to be better. But I really think the anticipation and the buildup was so much better back in the day. It made the majors more important to me. Right, it did. Uh, the other thing is, and just with this. The, the whole schedule being completely out of sync anyway. I, I mean, does it even really kind of feel like it's going to be a, like, there's going to be a major in a couple weeks? No, it, no, it doesn't. No, I'm, I'm it, not, look, I'm going to be completely clear and honest. You said PGA. I had to literally pull it up before I agree with you. I didn't think it was right. happening this soon. No. And that's a th- so, but if it was any of the other three, y- you might be a little bit more attuned to when it was coming up. For sure. So I think that's one that's an issue because the the PGA is sort of already the stepchild of the majors and it just kind of falls in this time where you know you know uh, the golf season's kind of there and it's happening but is it really that exciting? Well, it's a it's an enormous issue. I mean, this is coming from two guys that do a podcast that is number 32 of all sports podcasts in France, right? This is coming from guys that live and breathe this sport. Mm. And literally, it's, I mean, there's, I have a lot going on, obviously, but it slipped my mind that the PJ Championship is coming up in two weeks. I mean, that is awful promotion. It's, it's, I, I'd hate to, I, I don't want to say poor planning because it's not really their fault with that, but the, the media surrounding it is not there. The, the hype, the hoopla, it's just, it's not there. And I'm someone that is actively involved in the channels that should be promoting that. Exactly. So there you go. All right. There well, you. I mean, hey, you want to talk about something cool instead? You want to talk about eagles and arrows? I was going to say, let, let's promote something else. Yeah, something let's promote that is, something, something that, that is really cool. Right. And that people can actually get behind. 
So obviously, you know, we're sponsored by Eagles and Arrows, but one of the cool things they're doing is this Augusta West membership. I wish I could tell you that Scott and I were the brainchild of this, but we're not. Grant is. And Grant, with his Augusta West that he built in his backyard, is kind of going the way of, of some guy's backyard and Bruff Creek National. But not only does he have this physical space of Augusta West, right? He's got this membership plan, and it's basically a glove of the month plan. You can check it out on their website, eaglesandarrows.com. You can DM me like you have been, and I'll give you all the info. But I'll break it down real quick. The Dogwood is going to give you four premium leather Cabretta gloves each year, right? That's going to be one every three months. The Magnolia is going to give you six, one every two months. Or if you go the big boy, the Azalea, which will not be blooming this year in November at the Masters, the Azalea Augusta West exclusive membership is going to give you 12 premium gloves a year. That's a new glove a month. You've got no more excuses for the clubs flying out of your hands. Scott, you remember when that happened to me back during that hurricane. Mm -hmm. You've got no excuse for, for breaking out a crusty old glove. Like, who wants to dress to the nines when they go to a sick course and then pull out a junky old glove that's literally crumpled up in a ball and feels like cardboard? No one likes that. It's top quality leather. I've got them. I wear them. Scott doesn't wear gloves. I do. I got to tell you, it's one of the best I've used. And that's not because they're promoting it. Because I've used other good gloves. But I'm going to tell you what. You know what gloves suck, Scott? The ones from PGA Tour Superstore. The synthetic ones that say PGA Tour on it suck. And I know I feel like I'm bashing the PGA Tour today, but those gloves suck. Well, and and here's the thing, right? So... One way or the other, you're wearing the logo of a company that's that's not supporting you, right? Yes. So you might as well wear uh, the logo of a company that looks nice. And this logo is pretty sick. Right. So, and that's the thing. And it's it's a, like I would rather support a cool niche brand than Titleist. And, and Scott, when we talk about in the next segment us owning our own private club – this is a big pet peeve of mine, and I'm going to go off a little bit on what people are allowed to wear on the course. But again, the dog with the magnolia, the azalea, there's one, there's membership out there that's right for you, right? Yep. Very cost effective, especially for the type of glove that you're going to get. Not only are you going to get a glove, you're going to get an Augusta West membership. So if you're ever out there, you're going to be able to play for free. Grant's going to host you. It's going to be awesome. You're going to get a t-shirt, and then you're going to get an Augusta West membership number, which is going to give you percentage off on the website. So anything that you buy, if you are an Augusta West member, you're going to get it even cheaper on eaglesandarrows.com. You know, it's a no-brainer. You don't even have to worry about going out in public now. So if you're scared of catching COVID, Grant's going to ship you these things, and you don't have to worry about getting it. I mean, it's a win-win situation. For sure. Next segment, Scott, I got to tell you, We talked a little bit off air. It's a boring week in golf, right? The FedEx St. Jude sucks coming up. I don't care about that. The 3M, I don't really care about that. Kudos to Michael Thompson. It was cool. One of the things that I thought about as I was mowing the grass today in, you know, 95-degree weather, I don't care. Doing the Carl Spackler thing. For sure. You know, I had to take care of the Pennsylvania leave-the-pin course because as head agronomist out here, you know, work needed to be done. Got to do it. So we we talk about this all the time. Buddies talk about this on the golf course all the time. I talk about it with strangers. You and I have talked about it a million times. What would you do 
if you owned your own private club? How would you promote it? What would it look like? And so I just had a bunch of ideas running through my head as I was mowing. And I was like, you know what? I got to write these down before I forget it and record with Scott later. And of course, I didn't write them down, but they're still in my head somewhere there. Um, I want what, what would your what would length look like, Scott? If you and I both had, let's say, I'm talking a, like top notch course, like we both had 10 mil to put in. You and I own a course for 20 million dollars. What part of the country do you want it in? First off, what part of the country do I want it in? Yeah, uh, I, I I'm gonna steal yours. I'd probably want it like in the Carolinas. Yeah, I, I I think the the only other thing I'm I'm enamored with the way um, Western topography is Montana Wyoming big expansive views rolling terrain mm -hmm. but the golf season is so short so I'm gonna defer and, and yeah I'll go with you anywhere from what do you think Georgia to North Carolina uh, North Georgia because it gets kind of steamy down the closer you get to florida so yeah i because and that's the thing like you the it's a, a more temperate climate so yeah I, I i would go north georgia maybe up to like virginia i started thinking about yardage and then i started mm -hmm. thinking about yardage markers and t markers and how you know you could have eight sets of t's or something crazy so it could play all different ways and then i thought you know what if you were going to go that way, why not be completely different and have no T markers? And so what I propose is having just enormous T boxes that are not all straight. Maybe they snake around a little bit. Maybe they curve, stuff like that. So you could play different angles. But every, let's say, 10 yards on the T box, you've got a marker that would say how far the hole would play if you teed it up around that area. I think you need markers for maintenance purposes. Why? Uh, it's easy so you to can let the boxes. So you can let the the ground kind of repair itself. Well, right. But what I'm saying is, if you have no T markers, people are free to move around anywhere, True. and then there would be less stress in one area. Plus, we're not going to have a lot of members, Scott. Oh, this is. Oh, that's right. This is private. Yeah. yeah no, that's. I don't, a, that, I, don't, I don't like that many people. That's a good plan. Um, I wouldn't let it get longer than, let's say, 7,000 yards just because I feel like that's too much for most people, but you also don't want to scare people away. Yeah, so like I, I want a little bit of a test for a big hitter, um, but not so much that people, you know, people who feel like they have to play from the tips for some stupid reason um, are going to end up in a, a situation where they've just bit off way more than they can chew. Right. And that's where my idea of just eliminating those completely comes into, because then you get the guy with the ego and he comes in as a member for the day. And we say, Hey man, you can come play here. And he comes and plays and he says, Hey man, what's this course tip out at? I don't know, dude, we don't have T boxes. What do you mean? You don't have, to, we don't have T markers. What do you mean you don't have T markers? Well, no, you play it from wherever you want. Every once in a while, there's a yardage marker on the on the ground. It'll tell you how long the hole plays. Well, how do you keep score? Don't worry about score, dude. You can make up your own scorecard, or we can have a scorecard, but you don't need it. You know, don't we worry. don't need yardage on it. Just yeah, have a scorecard. And oh, so we say, hey, if you played from the back six feet of every tee box, this course would be seventy five hundred yards. 
If you played from the front of every tee box, this course would be 3,800 yards, you know, or something along those lines. And you just let people choose. I think people would have a better time at a course like that instead of saying, oh, well, all my buddies are playing from blue, and I usually play from white. I guess I'll move back to blue today. And you realize the course rating goes up by four or five points, and you're completely out of your league going back there. This way, you can say, hey, you know what? Um, wherever you tee off, I'm going to tee off you know, 30 paces in front of you. Awesome, dude. Sounds good. Right. And that eliminates the like one guy in the group who is constantly just searching for their ball or everyone else is, you know, 20 yards ahead of them. You know, it, it, it brings out a little more interaction. I think this is a good plan. I would like it to have minimal rough. I want recovery shots to be part of it. I don't want too many trees because I don't want people to lose their ball. Like that's, you know, like my home course at Hideaway, if you've never played there before, you could easily play a six and a half an hour, hour round and, and, and not even because you play slow, just because you will lose so many balls all over the place. So I want to think, I want a course where it, it empowers you on the tee box. It gives you great vistas, really expansive views, smash the hell out of it. But when you get to the green, we're really going to test your short game. Kind of like Pinehurst number two, but not as severe. I I like the idea of the the open tee shot, um, and and having it be something where you're not going to be penalized too much uh, for being a little offline, um, because that's the thing. Like sometimes you know maybe you hit a bad drive, you hit one a little bit offline, um, and then even though you're not like in that bad of a spot, you're just, you have no shot at, at getting to the green. So right. no matter how, no matter how good of a shot you hit, it's just impossible. So that takes away your skill at, you know, maybe hitting a better iron shot. So giving people the opportunity to, to use their game. I, I think that's a good plan. Yeah. I, I want people to not get beat up, you know, because it's, it's, it's very difficult when you go play a course and you lose four or five balls off the tee. You have a much more negative impression of that course if you do that as opposed to, you know, let's say three putting for bogey. You, you haven't lost your ball. You know what I mean? Your score is approximately the same, but you don't feel as bad. And you, and you know what? Mm -hmm. You say, well, I really didn't have a, a good day on the greens. or Those greens were kind of tough out there. And that's what I want. I, I want a forced carry shot through the whole round maybe one maybe one mm -hmm. semi-island green maybe one center line bunker you know maybe maybe one elevated tee shot i want little aspects of everything but i hate a course where every single approach shot is a carry over water every tee shot is a 200 yard carry over fescue you know mm -hmm. that stuff that stuff grinds you down i want people to have fun now what do you think in terms of numbers of members? So, uh, uh, let's see. I want, I want every member who wants to be able to play on a weekend to be able to get done with their round by 2 o'clock. So, a, what do you think? On a 100? Saturday or Sunday. So, let's see. So, you have foursomes 
I want to space those foursomes out. And this is, I want to space those foursomes out every 15 minutes. I love so I that. Four foursomes an hour. I love it. Um, so let's say we're starting at eight. So we have four, eight, 12. It's riveting now, by the way, you counting. I, I, I know. So 16. <laughs> so yeah, so let's go 100 members. I love it. 100 members is great. I can still get out in the course in the evenings and the weekday and not have to worry about leagues. We're not hosting leagues. You can't host your tournament here. But I do want to make it open to people, Scott. Like If this was, if this was a, a real top-notch private course and people started to say, hey, I really, I've heard of this place, but yeah, I've, it's Pine Valley, right? I can't play that. I want to go up to random people and be like, "Hey, man, you ever hear of you know whatever the you know the Dan Scott the DS golf course?" Like, "Oh yeah, man, I can't play that." I'm like, "Hey, come out on Saturday. I got you." You know what I mean? Mm. I want to do like acts of kindness to people at different golf courses. I want to go up to people at the what? driving range, guy that sucks, and be like, "Hey, man, you ever play this course?" No, nah, I could never get on that. You know, well, what what time do you have free this week? You know, stuff like that. I want to what? make it available. To, to guys like you and I that love the game but maybe don't have the means or um, the ability to play some of these top-notch private clubs. Here, here's my, my thing. I, the, the whole idea of the private club, I don't feel like is, is completely sustainable anymore. Um, and I actually like the idea of a semi-private club with sort of exclusive members mem access time for members i like that um and now let me let me go a little bit deeper here yeah because i know there are semi-private clubs where there's mem you know your members and they have access to the t-sheet and then if they don't fill the t-sheet then they open it up to the general public that doesn't work for me i want specific this is a member only time and if a member doesn't take it then it doesn't get filled not we go on golf now and fill it up with, you know, whatever idiot has $40 who, you know, is getting out there. Yeah, I, do, I don't want that. I don't want to be publicized on golf now or stuff like that. I like that idea. You know, I, I like that idea. I just need a place where at 7 o'clock at night in the summer, I can go out. I can drop three balls. My kids can roam. The dog can run out and do whatever. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm not bothered, you know? Right. Yeah, and I, I want good people that are like, hey, man, I saw Scott practicing on the 12th hole, so you know what? I just skipped the 12th hole today. I, I let him have it. You know, I mm -hmm. want like a real communal feel. I don't want a high initiation fee. I want it to be like $100 a year, but like an invite-only type thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, or you just meet cool people along the way, and you're like, hey, here's a pass to it or something like that. Now, I'm going to give you something as far as dress code goes that might be, I don't know, a little bit controversial for the old guard, but I don't mind people wearing whatever they want. You know, and there, there's actually some extremely top-notch private clubs out there, the ones that you don't know about, the ones that aren't publicized, the top 100 in Golf Digest or Golf Magazine, that, you know, literally will allow members to wear whatever they want because, you know, if you paid 150 grand for the year, you damn well better believe you can wear whatever you want. Um, I'm not so, even sure, Scott, that I would mandate shirts. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I'm, I'm going to wheel that back just a touch. Okay. Uh, cause I, I do think there's something to be said for the round where, where everyone comes dressed up. Oh yeah. Uh, without so, a doubt. 
Can, so, can we can we set a time? Well, let's meet halfway here. Okay. So I'm saying weekend mornings. Yep. Proper golf attire. For sure. I'm and in. and any club sponsored tournament. So club I'm championship, in. you got to come yep. correct. Member guest, come correct. Exactly. Exactly. You show up, you know, after work on a Wednesday and you want to throw on gym shorts and a t-shirt. No problem. Then how Saturday, about, how Saturday about, morning, you, you, we're playing serious. How about four o'clock every day after four, no dress code? I, I don't see why starting it after four. I just, during the week, you want to show up in shorts and a t-shirt, you're fine. It's fantastic. I love it. Country Club of the People. Now, here's yeah, another thing. Because what? who cares? Exactly. Exactly. But, you remember. But that, make, but, but that makes weekends something special. And, that, and that's, that's what separates it. It's, you know, during the week, come in. It's, you know, we're practicing. We're having fun, just hanging out with whoever. If I get here, you know, by myself and there's two other guys out, maybe I'll go out with them. Maybe I won't. It doesn't matter. Weekends, that's like the, that's the serious time. Weekends that's is like Thanksgiving. Exactly. Right? The rest of the year, wear whatever you want. But on Thanksgiving and on Christmas or Hanukkah, you know, Kwanzaa, you come correct. Exactly. Dress to the nines. I, 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 I love that. I love that idea. I'm going to add one more caveat to that. Go ahead. You are not allowed to wear an OEM-sponsored hat, shirt, glove, unless you're actually sponsored by that company. Uh, okay. I don't want you coming in with your Titleist hat, your Titleist polo, um, maybe your Titleist shorts, maybe even your Titleist socks, and this is a dude that I saw last weekend, your Titleist, you know, your FootJoy shoes, and, and then your clubs are like McGregor, uh, Arnold Palmer Statesman, hmm. Ping, you got a TaylorMade in there, you got a knockoff Big Burba or something. Right. You, you don't have to be a showman. You don't have to be a, a, a pawn for these big-time companies. So here's a question. So if, if we have the we – we're obviously going to sell merch in the pro shop. Oh, sure. We're going to be rich selling merch. So, yeah. So here's the thing. If, I, if the pro shop happens to have, you know, a, a really nice – you know, FootJoy polo with the the logo on it. I can show up with that, right? Well, of course, because it has the logo. But I so here's a great example. Okay, mm -hmm. everybody has seen the like the the seventy year old dude dressed like Ricky to the nines, right? Orange top, hat, shirt, pants, shoes like that. It looked like a moron. Yep. Um, there was a guy pull up to the course last weekend, Titleist hat, Titleist like I just described, right? All pimped out. His clubs were crappy in a Titleist bag. And I said to him, I said, hey, playing the Pro V1 today? And he was like, I, I don't know, dude. I just pick out whatever balls in my thing. And I was like, well, I thought you were sponsored by Titleist. Mm. Right? Why are you giving these big, enormous companies your money when they don't need your money? They're not giving you anything. Right. Give it to a small brand. Give it to a cool brand that's out there. Gotcha. And I'm gonna okay. run. I'm gonna run stupid daily contests as you and I are in the pro shop and we see people. I'm like, you know what? That 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 shirt is dope as hell. Here's a $500 staff bag for you. 
we're going to embroider your name on it. Just random stuff like that at the club. I like it. Because why I like not? It. It's our club. All right. Okay. Here's, the last, here's, here's my last thing. I, okay. I got a couple other things okay. I want to add yeah, to yeah, this, yeah. add to the right. environment I'm, around I'm, the course. So go I'm ahead. just saying here, here's my last. Here's my last, and the floor is yours. There's, there's, there's no cart, Scott. You got to walk. Okay. We're going to make it that. walkable. We're going we're gonna to make the green to tee box walk very, very short. It's going to be gorgeous. There are going to be some rolling hills so you can have your push cart, let it go, let it, you know, suit out in front of mm. you. And, and, and if you can't walk 18, well, we're going to have like little mini loops throughout. You know, because let's, mm-hmm. let's have four holes come back to the clubhouse instead yep. of just nine and 18. Okay. You Down know, with we that. Have, right? You Five ju- comes back, nine comes back. Uh, 14 comes back, 18 comes back, but uh, 11 and you know 15 or semi close to the parking lot, stuff like that. Okay. Also, I don't want paved cart paths. I want it all sand. I want playable conditions everywhere. Okay. I like all that. Right, floor's yours. I'm done. That's all, all right. I got money for. So, all right. So uh, here's the here here's something I'm gonna add. Uh, I would like a. Uh, a 24-hour member-accessible driving range. Wow. Lights and everything. Lights. So here's the deal, right? It, and this is not... This can't be that hard to accomplish. So here, here's what I want. There, there'll be a gate, right? You know, the cl- club closes. Someone closes the gate. Great. Uh, let's say, like, 3 a.m. I decide, you know what? I really feel like going out and hitting some balls. I have a little swipe card. I go up to the gate, swipe it, gate opens. Uh, well, you know, drive over to the range, swipe uh, swipe the card again, the lights go on, swipe the card again, the ball machine, get some, you know, get a bucket or two, and then I just go out and hit. I love it. Right? I, you know, we could light up the short game area and the putting green too. I, I mean, not that many people are going to take advantage of that to begin with, but why not make it available to me as a member if, you know, we're talking of, of 100 people here? Yeah, and the thing is, too, if we have a small membership, odds are that the majority of that small membership are going to take care of the place. They're not going to abuse it. They're not going to bring, you know, randoms out there that that aren't going to take care of the course. Um, I would like also two greens to just chip on one, which is only for sand shots. One, which is to, you know, fold chip pitch and run. I want a par three course and I want two putting greens. So the par three course goes without saying, uh, and, uh, that par three course should have similar to our, our regular course. You should have the option to play that as a, a full par three or sure. as a pitch and putt. Yep. So, good, good, good choice there. So li- um, literally, we've just designed in the last fifteen twenty minutes probably the best golf course in the world. Yes, and I want to take a page from uh, the the I guess it's Pinehurst that has the the cradle with the the music and the drinks and all that out on the par three course. Right, that's them. It's them. They have a train that runs to the you know on the side of it. 
down the main road there, and I want to train now too, Scott. Uh, okay. That just circles the course. So our perimeter is defined not by by surveyor stakes, but by train tracks. This is a great plan. And um, there is a course. It is escaping right now. I can't remember the name of it. But you take an old mine car up to the top of one of the holes for the tee box. If someone out there will DM me, I know that. Thank you already. I appreciate it. I can't remember the name of the course. I want, after you get off of 9, you have to take the train over to 10. That's the only part you don't have to walk. Okay. Yep. And 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 wide open cars, and you can just roll the your cart right up or put your bag on it, and you take a little train ride over to 10. And on the train is a bar that serves you whatever you want. And there's food on it and, and candy, you know, for the kids and, and anything you want. And you never touch your wallet when you're at the club. No, no, no. No cash has to exchange hands at all. That, that Unless you're paying me of. when I beat you. That's the only cash I want. Right. Um, okay. That works, too. That works, too. Um, I, I would like very much for there to be, uh, and you just mentioned that, I, you know, the, the food situation. I would very much like it to be essentially an all-you-can-eat buffet all day. All day long. Just and like you said, a bunch of those holes play back to the clubhouse. So you know what? I you know when I get done with nine, maybe I want to grab a sandwich. When I get done with fourteen, maybe I want to you know grab a little snack. Maybe I want to grab a drink. I just want to be able to do that, grab it, and go. Not yeah, have to I, wait and, for someone to cook it for me. Right, and I don't want to be rushed either. So like, if if I want to play eleven holes, stop for lunch. And then go off and, and play the next, you know, and play, go to 12 and play 12, 13, 14 all the way in. I, I want that to be okay, you know? And everyone's going to be cool there. So everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, man, of course. Like just jumping right behind me is a 15 minute, you know, gap or something like that. Or I haven't seen anyone hmm. for three holes. Come play, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, obviously, kid, kids are allowed. Um, and maybe, Scott, maybe we'll even host. A high school team. Maybe we'll we'll be their home course. And then the last thing I have to absolutely have is at least one, preferably one on each nine, very memorable par three. Okay, I thought you were going to say a seltzer machine, but that is a good. Oh no, thing no, no. that's going to be at the clubhouse. Okay, all right, um, sure. I would like both of those memorable par threes. Again, we talked about distance or so, but even tipped out. I don't want them more than 170 tipped out. Nope. I absolutely agree. I want I, two short ones, one medium, and then I do want one long one. Yeah, no, no. I, I think a, having a long par three is, is definitely a good idea. I like having a short one, too, where it's uh, where I, I get the, op, the option, if I want, to hit a wedge into it. Yep. Uh, and then I would also... Very much like a drivable par four. I wouldn't even mind two of them. Uh, okay. I, I, I think would like one one drivable par four that's drivable for almost everyone. So mm. it's wide open, right? It's a very easy scoring hole. But then the other par four is is only scorable if you hit like a speed slot, you know, in mm -hmm. a particular portion of the fairway. Like it has to be the top left portion of this one landing area and then the ball kicks down and funnels towards the green 
Otherwise, you're in trouble. So you, you got to decide off the tee. Am I going for that speed slot, or am I going to play it safe today? Am I going to hit hybrid or iron off the tee? Fair, fair, fair. All right. Uh, I mean, all we need and then is though, there's, one, there's one last thing that, that this place needs to have. Okay. And that is the the person. It can be either the starter or the pro or the director of golf, whatever whatever you want it to be. Let's have a director of golf. I mean, that sounds top-notch fancy there. Yeah. That guy has to, one, not n- literally know everybody. But, you know, first name, when when you roll up, he has to know, you know, your name, has to know, like, what's going on. You should know who you're friends with. And that guy is basically, like, your, like, golf concierge. So, yeah. so and I don't know how this would, you know, actually be possible but he should anticipate your needs yeah also walk up music oh of course uh so he should he should know okay this dude's like a 12 handicap but by the time he gets to 14 there's a chance he's gonna need you know another sleeve or or, you know another sleeve of balls right Mm. he goes he checks a list uh you know mr stow he always plays this I'm going to go leave a sleeve out there by the buffet in case he stops in and grabs a drink. He sees that and grabs it. He's all set. Not only that, let's help out this director of golf by, by creating a survey in the beginning of the, of the calendar year that goes to him. You tell mm-hmm. him what clubs you like, what, what, what type of fit you like on your shirt, size, brands mm-hmm. you like, stuff like that, food, et cetera, et cetera. And, and during the year, randomly... You know, hey, randomly a size small, you know, custom fit shirt arrives in my locker. Yep. You know? Well, and then I'm actually going to, you know how like they have the, you know, the the call boxes to call ahead for, you know, yep. food at the turn or something like that. Let, let's just have a button. You know, like I, I hit this button and someone on the other end answers it and says, oh, you know, what did you need? And you say, "Oh, it's Mr. Stab. I'm on the the thirteenth hole. I'm going to be making the you know making a swing by fourteen. I need you know whatever. Yeah. I need a new. I need a new glove. Can you can you bring one over? Yeah. Yes, sir. No problem. And someone meets you on the tee with whatever it is that you need. Beautiful. And and we will have Eagles and Arrow sponsor, so it'll be their gloves. As Beautiful. well as other gloves, too, because you can have a choice. But even if you do have a choice, you're probably going to end up picking them anyway. All right. So th- this uh, we need to stop now or it's going to make me crazy that such a place does not exist. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we got anything else for the good people, Scott? I don't think I do. All right. Uh, follow us on Instagram at leave the pin uh, at LTP Scott and either get busy golfing or get busy dying. See you. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look. They've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO. It's Eagles and Arrows Company CO on Instagram. Love golf, live life.
Eagles and Arrows.